Blog Talk Radio. Tennis, Mr. Chuck Greasy. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get in the game. And good morning and hello once again. This is Coach Chuck Creasy with another week of American Tennis. Every week at Wednesday, every Wednesday, excuse me, every Wednesday on the UR Tennis Network, and uh, the Yellow Ball Network, we bring you American Tennis every day, every Wednesday at noon. And we are just now, folks, about ready to start our fifth year. So uh, still rolling, still going, and uh, thanks very much for tuning in. Uh, we've got political things, tennis politics, that is, and we have instructional series as well and uh, many more things. Uh, you can always go to my website at www.chuckcreasy.net. That's K-R-I-E-S-E dot net, and you can get all of the programs that we've had over the past four and a half years, and we have discussed a lot of things. We always say to stand up, speak out, say those things that need to be said, we say stay professional, address issues, not people. You can pretty much say anything you want to say. And, uh, folks, we are free to do that. This is the United States of America, and thank goodness we have the freedom to still stand up and speak out. At least say the things that uh, need to be said. And we, we really, really got to take a topic on today. And uh, I want to get to um, the heart of the matter, and I'm hoping that a couple of coaches are going to call in. And the program today uh, was motivated because of a couple of the coaches uh, bending my ear and, and talking to me about exactly the power grab that the USTA is going through. Now, the ITA, look, folks, I'm a college coach. The ITA is doing the same thing. You know, they call themselves the ruling or the governing body of the uh, college tennis. And you know what, folks? It costs $500 to belong to the ITA. So I don't see how a this governing ruling body can, what they call this a tax. Is it a tax if it's governing a ruling body? Really, it's a union, and it is an organization set up I was there when it was set up in the late 70s where it cost $10 a year to belong. There's about 35 coaches that belonged, and pretty much they tried to get bigger and bigger and do more things, and they provided services. It was, but it's always been a voluntary organization, a voluntary organization that you belong to because they provided good things. They provided services that you wanted, services that you liked, tournaments that you wanted to belong to. And guess what? For the most part, it was always a pretty darn good thing to belong to until more recently as the computers got more and more uh, inclusive and people got uh, a bit more clever with the computers, uh, they were able to start putting restrictions and 
really, really trying to change the politics of uh, the game. And they've actually succeeded at Division One in changing our scoring system. After 142 years, they were able to change our scoring system for college matches. Now, they don't use this, college, this scoring system in the pros. They don't use it in the juniors. Why would they use it in college tennis? Well, there's no good reason except for parity for some of those teams that have good talent that don't work quite as hard as other people. And uh, because you you basically get something you haven't worked hard enough for, you know, with this scoring system. No other reason. They say it's to save time. That's not that's not it at all. They uh, they have a long term plan also, and I think the plan is in cahoots with USTA. And I really do believe that they're going to bleed this into junior tennis, which means when they bleed it into junior tennis, they're going to be saying, hey, let's use the college system. Use the college system. Get used to the college system, which is a crock of cow dung, because it is really an awful system. It's really abbreviation, uh, abbreviated tennis. And then after, say, seven to ten years of the college and juniors doing this, I think that there must be a plan to put it into uh, uh, professional tennis. And, and, and you know, there's re- here's the reason why. If you watch the Australian Open this last week, do we have anybody in our country that can hang with those guys for five sets? Do we have anybody can win a five-setter? Now, I, I think, to be fair, Steven Johnson can. I think John, uh, John Isner and a couple others, they're tough. They've been through the, the – but for the most part, it is not, as a rule of thumb, a one of the USA's best attributes to be tough, tough, tough for four or five sets and then multiple matches. I mean, the – the, I, I hate that word physicality. Is that really a word? People say physicality. I think that's one of those made-up words now. Uh, but it's become a very physical, physical sport. And uh, I don't know if we've had have anybody can hang. Now on the women's side, if it uh, weren't for the Williams sisters, we haven't had anybody really in about 20 years. That's 80 tries. Other than the Williamses. On the women's side, it's been 80 tries since we've had a champion of the Grand Slam. And the men's side, 16 years at 64 tries, nobody. And I don't know if we will. So maybe, and here's what they did in college. It's all right. And, and folks, you have to stick with me on my little analogies and things here. But the Ivy Leaguers are some of these programs that don't work really, really hard, believe it's all right to be smarter than your hound dog. You don't want to have to outrun them. So what do they do? They change They change the scoring system. They change the programs to where it's not as tough of an event. That's mainly why they dumbed down the training for tennis in the early 90s. They dumbed it down. With the excuse that it was for academics, and that was a ruse big time because tennis players always get the best grades, and the hard workers are going to be hard workers. They're going to get their grades. Basically, it was so some of these programs could keep up. So what do you do? You change change the rule. You change the the play rules, and uh, therefore, if they're not very hard, if you lower the bar for everybody – then the most talented kids who maybe aren't the hardest workers have a chance to win. So that's what they might be trying to do with USA Tennis. Now, folks, I've said for many uh, programs that we have had uh, that really if the USTA did, and I, I, I lumped them a little bit together with the ITA because the ITA is, You know, I think that basically this is a joint effort that they're trying to do. They're trying to uh, dumb things down or shorten it. And uh, it's not to breed excellence. It's to dumb down. If you lower the grading system, well, then we have a lot more people achieving. It's interesting. I saw in a paper this morning where the United States has a higher graduation rate, but people are achieving a lot less results, and their grades are a lot worse. So what does that mean? It means that we've lowered the bar in our education system. 
or lowering the bar in tennis too, and how they get the, uh, wow, I know what they're doing. Think about it now. The same guy that used to be the head of the USTA is now the head of the ITF. So guess what is going on? Hey, maybe the goal will be to dumb down the ITF and then to dumb down pro tennis in itself. And if you change the playing field, then you can have some people be champions. Um, must be frustrating for these same guys to be beating you all the time because you're just, you know, uh, we, we are not tough enough to get the champions out there uh, in the making. But I am hopeful because we've got seven or eight very good 18, 19-year-olds uh, in the pros now, the Tiafos, the Riley Opalcos, and uh, uh, some of those kids, the Tommy Pauls. These are tough kids. Maybe they'll they'll come through for us. It's not going to come out of college. It is not going to come out of college. Folks, don't even look at college as the training ground for professionals anymore. There's just no work going on. They limited the season. They limited the playing. It's it's getting to be like high school that is an after-school activity. College isn't quite an after-school activity yet, but we're on the way. If we keep dumbing it down, then we'll have a format like a three-and-two or something like high school does, and that's a shame. You high school coaches out there, I know exactly what you're going through, and the frustration must be great. Uh, but we could change this. Now, what do we need to do? A couple things. Well, first of all, we need to dump the point system the USTA does in the, jun- in, uh, the junior rankings. The points have been a terrible, terrible thing. This, uh, it's good for administrators. And maybe even some parents like it because they can chase points in different ways. But kids are not inspired by points. And we've had a lot of bailing out and we've had a lot of dumbing down because of the point system. Um, The USTA and ITA need to promote tennis freedom and promote the expressways and the freeways. And if I hear one more time that the USTA has this perfect pathway to excellence, I think I'm going to go over and have to get my throw-up bag and uh, throw up. It's it's disgusting. You know, hey, look, look, don't give us this pathway. I'd rather have the pathway, what Djokovic used or Federer, these guys. I mean, and, it, it, you know, we, we need one that is an expressway, basically open up open up individual creativity and open up U.S. ingenuity and open up the freedom to do what the heck we need to do. USTA, give us the benchmark. Say, go take that hill. Don't tell us how to do it. You guys aren't exactly, haven't exactly had the best uh, results here. You know, you guys aren't on fire for it. I'd love what you've done with junior tennis, but that's a lot because of the teaching pros in, in the very, very dedicated people we have working with our young people. But, but where we're falling off big time, if you look, the kids fall off at age 16, 17, 18 in there, and then different, definitely, definitely college just is not a program for training anymore, and we've covered that enough. Number three, we need to separate participation versus performance. Now, make up your mind. Do you want to be participation sport or performance sport? Now, some people can only do participation. That's your leagues. That's your after-school programs. Uh, these are your women's leagues at clubs. These are your uh, clubs at, at colleges. Participation programs are just that, and who cares what you do with the scoring system and whatever. Now, participation does not lead to excellence, does not, does not lead to performance. However, high-performance programs will always breed participation. We have a lot of great young golfers out there, and there's one reason, one reason only, that was Tiger Woods' influence for about 10 years, and uh, that inspired a lot of the young golfers. And uh, so excellence breeds participation as far as that's concerned. Excellence will breed participation. Participation does not breed excellence. 
you got to get that right, guys. I've used the analogy a lot of the orchestra. If you have a great orchestra, you will have sensational bands made up by the people who aren't quite good enough to go to the orchestra. And that plan B is a good one. It is very excellent. But if you make a bunch of marching bands, bands, you will not make great orchestra members. Um, you can go, it's easier to go from the violin to the tuba than from being a tuba player going to being a violinist. And uh, we need violinists, if you understand the analogy, in tennis. So the freeway, we have American ingenuity. We need American ingenuity to be opened up. We need a freeway. We need a highway. We need an expressway. Bag it about this pathway with you guys. Now, I, here this leads me to the next next thing, and I'm hoping that my caller will call in and, and uh, talk to us a little bit about the different different rating systems. But recently, um, well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go to the commercial, then I'll be right back. I'm going to get this commercial done because this is a whole different topic. I want to talk about this UTR. Is it a link to tennis freedom, and does it open up the freeway and the expressway for all of us, or is this thing just a uh, deal to cloud the water more and to hog tie us and tie us up, and is it a, is it a method for tennis? tennis tyranny and for more control we will be right back and i think our uh, caller just got on the line we'll go to him here immediately when we get back this coach chuck creasy and thanks for coming in today This is Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis Radio Show. In my 30 years' experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis, and over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at ChuckCreasy.net. That's ChuckCreasy.net. tennis lockdown if people use it. 
But we need freedom to start our own organizations, our own tournaments, and everything like that. Any any thoughts on that, Mike? Well, actually, Chuck, I called up with a question for you. Um, okay. So I'd like to get to that. So, you know, you're in the day-to-day a lot more than I am. And I've had some conversations recently, very recently, with three or four people that I highly respect. They're out there coaching on the world stage and coaching some really good players, but they're coaching international players. And one of the main concerns that they have about the way that the differential between United States players and the international players is the way that they're being trained. The, they're suggesting that the international players from a very early age are being taught first strike tennis, um, hitting the ball hard from the get-go using the proper technique, but, you know, looking for that first ball to put away. And, you know, the average rallies are, you know, except at the higher, higher, higher levels, uh, are very are very short, and these players are you know they're looking for that first strike ball to end the point, and our kids are being taught more of a consistency type um, uh, game. You know they're hitting the ball hard, but it's not like what the international players are being taught, and I think that's one of the differences that you see. I mean we didn't have a man make it past the second round in the Australian, and we had one junior that made it to the third round, and he lost O and O. I wanted to, I wanted to um, get your take on what these uh, pros are, are, are suggesting. Well, I, I don't quite agree with the first strike tennis. I think back in the 90s I did, Mike, because nobody knew how to use the big rackets and uh, gave us all these power. And then through the 80s we used the small small racket technique. And then in the 90s people started clubbing the ball. And then what happened at the late, at the end of the 1990s was that people learned how to move. And if you looked at the Australian Open, I mean, if you, when you watched Warenko play uh, against, they're, they're having eight and ten ball rallies in the pros. Uh, I think what has happened, everybody has come out and they're talking about, I uh, forget the French guy's name that's done this study that says the average rally is 4.2 shots or something like that. Right. And so right. – so first first strike tennis now is like a coined uh, word. But here's the point. I don't believe this at all because what happens is kids, yeah, they're knocking the crud out of the ball, but they don't learn how to play tennis. And um, you still have to – and what's happening, I think the counterpunching skills have taken over a lot too, Mike. Um I know on the women's side, other than other than Serena, there's there's nobody that can attack better than a woman counters. On the men's side, I mean, Federer is the best counter puncher there. I mean, Murray, these guys, Djokovic. I mean, when you watch, it looks like ping pong. I mean, it looks like yeah, they're but, hitting twelve. Go ahead, go ahead. But, but the thing is, Chuck, these those top elite players, and I think one of the things that separates those top eight ten from the rest they are the ones that do have that ability to change direction. Uh, They have tremendous foot speed and anticipation, but they also are hitting tremendously hard strokes from very awkward positions, setting themselves up to take control of the point. And I think kind of that's what, what these other, these other pros were talking about, you know, not necessarily clubbing the ball, but, you know, hitting with force as much as possible to, take control of the point and then, you know, put the ball away as opposed to, you know, worried, worrying about long rallies, you know. I mean, you, yep. you know how it is, Chuck. We talk, we talk about, you know, the three parts of tennis. You can either be in control or be in neutral or be out of control, and you do what you do best to get back in control of the point. So I think what these guys are saying is they're, they're learning to hit the ball very hard early using the proper mechanics. And it used to be that you, you, you hit the ball – gently and work your way up towards hard that just doesn't work anymore i but but i think it's this has been the age-old thing i mean even back when you looked at agassi learning how to play he said he learned how to hit millions of balls he hit them hard and then they eventually started coming in he still got to hit the ball in the court and um so i think that always it's been do you go for power do you go for control i, I think it has to do with people's personalities and their temperament too but you know you can hit it as hard as you want coaching college right now I know our problem on our team is not hitting the ball hard it's the fact that guys can't keep it in the court 
And if they try to, their best comes back. What do you do when the best comes back? You have to be then at the, go ahead. Well, no, no, I understand what you're saying, but but what I'm saying is, what these guys are saying, and I work with this in classes, it's called the speed accuracy trade-off. These kids are Very learning good. to hit hard. These guys are learning to hit hard early using the proper mechanics. And as they get older, their con- the control will come. But if you don't learn to hit hard early, and all you would do is worry about control, you're never gonna you're never gonna get the power that you need to compete from the 16s on up. Okay, I um, I think that part of your some people that's true. Some people who are not as athletic. Some people have, as you know from your kinesiology and exercise uh, science background, some people are not wired to dictate. Some people are naturally more passive. I think it has a lot to do with personality. Of course, the physical part of it has a tremendous amount to do with it. Um, again, it's, it's sort of like, wouldn't it be an analogy be like golf? Yeah, you got to hit it far, but you got to hit it in the fairway. I mean, is that the same thing? I mean, I know that the kids learn how to hit it far, but they learn how to hit it hard right away with the technology. But the point sure, is, you still got to hit it in the court. You still got to hit it in the court. Well, the same thing is happening with soccer, too. They're learning to kick the ball hard early. And generally, what they're saying is, is if you learn to hit it hard early, kick it hard early, using the proper mechanics, you're going to, the accuracy is going to come, and I, you know, I'm seeing that more and more um, with the really, really good players that are coming up. I, we had a kid from um, from the, the program here that went. He's from Australia, and he went home, and he was working out with Kyrgios and Zverev, especially Zverev. He said the guy hit, he's only eight, 19 now. And he said the guy hits the ball so hard. This kid's good, and he said Zverev hits the ball so hard that he just couldn't stay with him. Well. That's and he true gets at every level. The court. Well, it was just, that, that's, it was just a, that's true at every I was just level. A question. I mean, yep. Well, I, I think you know that's the same. Uh, what what did you say in your kinesiology classes? You call it uh, accuracy versus what 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 did you call it's it? The speed, it's the speed. It's the speed accuracy trade off. Speed so accuracy trade off. Right up up to a point. You know, the harder you do something, the less accurate you are initially. But if yeah. you continue to use the proper mechanics, the accuracy is going to come. That's that's all I'm you know that's all I'm suggesting. With, with regards to your your other question that you were posing, um, I don't think it's necessarily ever a good thing if one entity takes over and has only one way of uh, doing things that's, that's that's allowed. I think that really inhibits creativity and discovery. I completely agree. I've been preaching instead of the pathway, uh, preaching for an expressway or a freeway or a highway. You know, I told some USTA people recently, I said, just look, give us the benchmarks you want us to go to. Cut us loose. Don't don't feel like you, we have to do everything in step with what you're doing. That just, you used the Fosbury flop um, a year or so ago when you were on the program as a perfect example if the USTA had been in charge of track and field, they would never have allowed the Fosbury flop. And uh, nor would the nor would the butterfly have ever been invented. Right. Swimming. <laughs> exactly. Swimming. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so the point being is that I really have problems when people try to impose too many parameters on methods and style of learning. Tell us to take the hill, Mike. Don't tell us how to take it. I mean, that's what I, I believe. You know, our freedoms are more important in this country. Um, you know, the more they, they try to impose their stuff, I, I don't know. Do you see any champions coming up? It's. I made this comment that on the women's side, if it weren't for the Williamses, it's been what, Lindsay Davenport was the last champion we've had. Is that correct? That's been 20 Pretty years close. ago. Yeah, so, yeah. That's eight, 80 tries. Now, on the men's side, it's been 16 years since Roddick in 2002. 16 years or 15, that's 60 tries or 64 tries. So, my well, golly, one, Mike. The one, the, one kid, the one kid that I thought had top 10 potential 
uh, did not play in the Australian, and that's Taylor Fritz. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know whether he got injured or or what, I, but I did not see his name at the Australian. And uh, last year he played a tremendous match against, I believe it was Zverev, um, at the U.S. Open. And, you know, he's tall. He's got the big circle. He's got the big forehand. He moves pretty well. He seems to have a good head on his shoulders. Um, you know, and, and of all of the young ones coming up, to me he seems to be the most have the most potential to to move to the top ten. Um, TFO is a pretty good athlete. Uh, he's a little awkward mechanically on some of his shots, uh, but I, I don't know these other these other you know the, the internationals are just coming out of the woodwork. They are. It'll be interesting. I mean, we had here. Here's the interesting thing though. In junior tennis, we've done fantastic. We got to we got to give credit where it's due. Uh, the USTA has done a real nice job. We've won a lot of Grand Slams in the junior ranks in the last four or five years. But the kids drop off right after junior tennis. What would be your analysis of what happens to our best and brightest? What happens? Why do they not make the lunge toward the finish line? The last 20 years or 20, 20 yards, they're stumbling. What's your analysis? I, you know, again, I'm, you know, I, have, I am not as much in-depth as I used to be, you know, so I don't know if I could give a, a salient answer on this. I, I, I honestly think that the – it's got to be something about the way that they're being trained. I mean, and, you know, a lot of our kids have so many other sports to go to, and I'm wondering if we're getting the top athletes. You know, the other countries, tennis is the number one or the number two sport. And, you know, a lot of their top athletes are, you know, are going into tennis. Um, so maybe it's a combination of that. And, you know, I, I look at this new facility and how much money they're spending on the facility at Lake Nona. And, you know, they're centralizing everything. And, and I wonder if they had taken that amount of money and put it into, you know, 10 or 15 really good facilities and provided, you know, the impetus for, for kids to train in different locations with really top-level teaching pros that have developed kids all the way from beginner to, you know, top-level pros and then provide them with uh, financial backing. I mean, how many – you know, the Bryan brothers are not playing Davis Cup anymore. You know, I purported four or five years ago that we take our top juniors and we send them overseas and provide them with support and have them playing not only singles but playing doubles and finding different teams and trying to mix and match and come up with two or three really top-level uh, Davis Cup-like doubles teams. But we're not doing that kind of stuff. We're not supporting them in that manner. I mean, I just, I just don't see the USTA – spending well, their massive amounts of money in, in the correct ways. Well, we would all, I think, agree with you, uh, but the question would be what do they give up when they keep all of the eggs in one basket instead of spreading it in, you know, seeding the soil all over the place? What do they give up? They give up control. I mean, and Look, that's Yes. The USTA has to be willing to do what's best for tennis, not what's best for the USTA. And, and bureaucracy. Yep. You've got a lot of people that have been at the higher level of administration for way too long. Uh, things are just not happening. They need to bring some other people in. A bureaucracy's chief, chief goal and aim is to maintain itself and that is what they do and and that's a shame i mean we need the usta to be shook up greatly we need the ita mike the ita is just swallowing up college tennis it's it's uh it's awful i mean they you know they're now cutting us back two more weeks of practice and uh they they're they're saying you know it's about it's always about academics yeah right we're about academics. Why not reward the best academic teams with letting them do more? But it, it's laughable. It is. Look, we used to. I used to train at that training center. I worked at that training center where we had about 120 kids. We worked twice as hard as the local ACC team that trained there. It, it was. I can't mention all of it, but it's. It was awful. Our kids used to laugh at the college training. Not one of them 
would say, wow, that's that's something that I want to aspire to. <clears throat> college <clears throat> college is becoming like an after-school activity. High school is already become an after-school activity, but it's because of the bureaucrats dumbing the thing down. <clears throat> and then uh, I talked about that a little bit when we first got started. Anyhow, we, we need to shake up the leadership. I would completely agree. Yeah. So any other quick things I need to talk a minute or two about this other thing? I've got another guy that's supposed to come on. Anything else, Mike I've got to head to class. Thank you very much. Uh, Mike Cronodal, one of the best tennis minds out there, folks. And uh, we really, really appreciate him calling in there today. And we got to get a whole show with Mike Cronodal on again because what, what a great tennis mind he has. Great mind he has. He's given for years and years to so many young people, and uh, he needs to be back in the thick of things with the uh, – kinesiology and how to train people uh, to excellence. But I wanted to talk real quickly before I tune into this other caller about the UTR. That's what our program is. The UTR, a link to tennis freedom or is it to tennis tyranny? And what the UTR has been is it's very quickly gaining, uh, should I say, popularity or it's becoming more recognized. A lot of people are start ta- started talking about the UTR, uh, Universal Tennis Ratings, ratings over rankings. Now, ratings are good at a certain level, folks. Look, ideally you would have rankings for your top 20 to 30 or 50 kids in the country, whatever you'd want, because they need to be separated uh, with a fine-tooth comb. But people are not inspired when you say, okay, my ranking moved from 358 to 120. Or something. If you're a coach, uh, I recruited a player recently, and he said his ranking moved up 200 spots. And uh, to me, it just means, well, you played more tournaments because your parents were able to pay for more tournaments because you had the money to go there and you had the money to play, and it's it's a point system. So the UTR uh, is an attempt to give kids a rating and give everybody a rating universally on a scale of 0 to 16, I believe it is. Now, people are now saying the UTR is this, and hats off to the people who put this together. Actually, I talked to the guy that's putting it together in 2003, and I said we need a rating system for our colleges, and the reason we needed a rating system instead of a ranking system for colleges because your players were losing hope. The number seven, eight, nine, or ten player, we 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 lose them from the start of the season because there's really in our antiquated dual match system, there's no way to uh, for them to really advance. They might as well pack it in. There's nothing to really play for unless they just love the sport that much, and uh, which we hope they would, but that most kids that's not quite enough for now so the UTR uh, is something that's gaining in popularity now my good friend uh, coach JP Weber told me about the international uh, point rating the IPR Uh, the IPR is used in China and other places and the way the reason that it's better he says is you do it within the confines of your own um your club or your networking itself. So it's bottom up empowered. The problem with the UTR, and I don't know enough about it because I only, uh, I haven't had any need to use it, but apparently you have to pay them money. So what happens, you build a bureaucracy very much like the ITA or the USTA. Then they become fund driven or money driven and then pretty soon what happens there in a bureaucracy, they, their sole purpose is to exist. A bureaucracy has to exist. It's like the federal government. You know, the people who run the federal government aren't evil people. All of, a lot of them are son of, sort of funny, I mean, with the way they run things. But the point is, is it's got to get shook up now. We've got a new leader in the federal government. And thank God we do because he's going to break up some stuff on both the Democrat and the Republican side. But the whole thing about a bureaucracy is it's set up to exist. The USTA's purpose is to is set up 
to exist. Now, the people who are in there really probably want to do almost, without a doubt, want to do great work with kids and everything, but they've got to keep the USTA self-perpetuating. The ITA has to make money and keep self-perpetuating. So they come up with restrictive regulations and rules and impose the an imposition of uh, these government uh, what what should I say in the governors for people's engines they're putting governors on people's engines so here's my deal with the UTR I heard that they're going to be in cahoots with the USTA now if they do that the USTA is already said that uh, boy they're sending stuff out right now they're trying to say if if the pro doesn't belong with them, they can't run tournaments out of their own club. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you hear what my buddy told me? He said, if you're not in cahoots with the USTA and use all their stuff, their software, join them and do all that, you cannot run a tournament out of your club. What? They don't own tennis. I think he means USTA tournament, of course, or league tournament out of your club. So you got to sign on with them. So what do we need? We need another organization, don't we? We need an alternative. We need a tea party. A te- we need a tennis tea party. We need people to stand up, to speak out, and to fight this stuff. We need a Donald Trump of tennis is what we need. We need to make American tennis great again. But we need a Donald Trump of tennis. And guys, whether or not you're Democrat or Republican, and if you like him, don't like him, whatever, we're shit. <laughs> the daggone house is getting shook up a little bit here. And that bureaucracy of our government is getting shook up, and it is fun, fun, fun to watch because the people will be in charge again, and it may get to where we're doing bottom up building of our government again and in tennis we need bottom up building we need people energized we need kids energized we need our college kids energized to play we need everybody fighting for goals in their own way now hear what i said goals in their own way don't tell us goals but you got to do it usta way don't say it's goals, but you got to do it the ITA way. You've got to do just show us the goal, show us the hill, and we'll figure out how to take it. And then it's ours. Then we rent our, we, we're not renting our motivation. We own our motivation. We own our methods. We want to be the Skip Fosberries and get over that bar in a different way. We want to invent different ways. We want to learn how to uh, energize other people with our ideas. We do not want other people's ideas to strangle our own creativity. Now, is the UTR going to be owned by the USTA? Is it going to be owned by the ITA? Is there something going on there behind the scenes where these guys are going to be in cahoots with each other. If they're in cahoots with each other, I don't see how this is going to be a bottom-up, individual-driven, uh, you know, independently-driven uh, programs for for tennis. It's going to be top-down. Top-down management, top-down bureaucracy, top-down strangulation of all creativity, for we Americans. Guys, the, the, the number one thing that we have in our country is freedom. And that means freedom of thought, freedom of actions, freedom to choose our own things. And look, when you take an entity like, whether it's, I don't care if it's tennis, basketball, football, running, track, swimming. I mean, my daughter's a swimmer. I'm seeing that they, a lot of this stuff goes on in other sports as well. But the bottom line is people should be given goals. And then they should be told, go get the goal. It should not be where people say, uh, you can accomplish this now, only in these methods. I want to give a shout out, a shout out, 
and I want to give uh, some great credit to the GRIPS program out in California. Folks, look it up, gripsprogram.com, gripsprogram.com. The, the thing that's beautiful about this and why it's better than like the red, orange, green ball that where we have to play, our kids have to play with a certain ball, is that the kids run their own program. It is a program where benchmarks are given these different grips, like karate belts are given, and they tell the kids, go get the belt, go get the grip. They don't tell them, you have to use this type of ball. You have to use this kind of rack. You have to do this because we are much smarter than you. It says, go get it. And it's it's a fantastic program. We need, if this is true, the IPR uh, that they use, check out this is the IPR rating. Call Coach J.P. Weber or look at his his name is uh, JP, I think, uh, at Tennis Dynamics. Look up his email. It's Tennis Dynamics is his company. Look up Yellow Ball Network. Look up JP Weber. Go there and find out about the IPR. This is a great rating that they're. I think they're using in many other countries. Uh, but the UTR is, to be fair, we are still, still speculating. We don't know for a fact that it's going to be in cahoots with USTA and the ITA. If they are, shame on you guys. Shame on you guys. You're going to just try to get rich here, just try to make some money. We need a rating system, but it should be done where the people self-initiate it and you make your mo- you should make your money based on what they want to do independently and if i'm being unfair i apologize but we've got to check out whether it truly is a link to tennis freedom in our independent uh thinking or independent playing or if it's really just part of the tennis tyranny that goes on with the USTA a lot and in the ITA We've got to get rid of tennis tyranny, folks. It's that simple. Nobody is inspired by being told all the time how they have to do things. And uh, unless you work for somebody, if you work for somebody, fine. But we do not work for the USTA. They should be a support organization. They should be a helper organization. They should be motivating us to want to be belong to the USTA. We do not in college work for the ITA. The ITA is a union. The ITA is a voluntary group that we can join if we want to. We should not be told what to do. They have completely overreached and completely run amok with how they have and, and look, before I say how they've destroyed are destroying tennis, the proofs in the pudding. Are we doing, let's answer these questions. Are we doing a great job in getting pros to win grand slams? Look, we've got some promise out there with these kids coming up. We hope so. But 80 tries for the women other than the Williamses. On the men's side, it's been 64 tries, no champions. Nope, I would say not. They have not done a good job. Have they done a great job in college tennis? No, every year we put out 100 junior players going to college, minimum. In the last 10 years, if you take our top 100-ranked kids in the country, in the last 10 years, that's 1,000 kids. How many made top 100 of those 1,000 kids that got recruited by colleges top? How many we got? 10? 15? It's just awful. It is awful what college has done to the level of player development in this country of ours. Then let's look at junior tennis. Kudos and hats off and lots of pats on the back for you pros out there that train our top juniors and then the USTA, you guys who travel with them and help them to win the grand slams that you have. But what's happening after that is not a good thing. And and by the way, do you know we have almost no one playing tennis from the year age 
of 20 to age 40. Nobody. Why do kids commit tennis? Uh, they jump off the tennis cliff here and quit playing. They just fall off of the radar completely after college is over. We're doing something very, very wrong in that we're not able to motivate kids to play after age 20. Between 20 and 40, they have almost no one. Parents, uh, people, men and women, pick it up after age after age 40. So there's something going on where we kill off tennis interest between the ages 16, 17, 18, 19 in there. We're not doing a good job. Great job with the junior Grand Slam champions. High school tennis, forget it. It's an after-school activity. The format is terrible, terrible, terrible. We need dual match format maybe for four to six weeks, and then we need tournament format. That's the only way you will stimulate motivation with our youngsters. Dual match tennis is a participation format. It will not breed excellence in college and in the junior ranks. We need tournament tennis for the high schools. How about every once a month, first weekend of every month, four or six or eight high schools get together for their tournament. And then bleed in dual matches as well. If you want your players to develop, that's the way you do it. That's the way you keep your kids excited. Every month, My number, your number eight player gets to play in an open tournament, and they got a chance to become the number one player. And then you can change your lineup for the dual matches. Or adopt the Texas system out there where they play dual matches in the fall but then play tournaments all spring. But we need we need to really look at the high school. And folks, we're doing a terrible job in rural tennis. Think about Small Town Tennis USA, what we could do if we had Small Town Tennis USA going on. And that's a previous program. Lots of challenges for all of us. We all love tennis. We all want to see United States of America tennis improve. Let's make American tennis great again. Folks, this is Coach Chuck Creasy, and I'll be back with you next Wednesday on American Tennis. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.